Blog Talk Radio. This is Susan Swanbeck, CEO of the ATU Network. This work is protected by Creative Commons license. <laughs> For the next two fun-filled hours, get ready to learn something new, be inspired, enlightened, spooked, helped, laugh, cry, and be awakened. And now, your host of Awakening the Unknown. You never know what these two will be up to next. So please welcome Susan Swanbeck. And Michelle Sullivan. Hi, everybody. Wow. Hello, everybody. How are you doing tonight? Welcome to Mystery Guest Wednesday. And presenting to you today, not a mystery anymore, is Mr. Carl Johnson and Elise Giamarco Carlson of Panorama Paranormal, business partners extraordinaire. Tons of fun adventures we're going to hear about today. I hear we got some new surprises in store for you guys today from them. So it's going to be a heck of a Oh, they start. The boys. Sorry. The boys are driving me nuts here today. I just wanted to remind you guys before we do start the show that we are screening all calls. You will hear a certain piece of music uh, before we do take any callers on the line. We've had a local Sunday purse. So, yeah, we have our own personal Merv, the Perv, that calls in and says disgusting things yeah, in the air. so from now on, all calls do get screened ahead of time before you're even allowed to come on to the lives. Right. Sorry. No disrespect. So, our, our lovely or... listeners uh, will be hearing a certain piece of music. So It's one of those you can bump to, though. <laughs> yeah. We gave so you guys a piece you, you can just bump to. Yeah, when you get a <laughs> certain piece of music, we're screening calls, and then That's we'll right. come back to you, okay? That's right. We don't want any disrespect to our guests Absolutely or our, our listeners, so it's very important that we make sure we, we keep Merv the Perv away from you guys. Yeah. So we find out exactly who it is. Mm. Which we will. Mm. So. So, guys. What's new? Welcome. Hey, Annabelle. How you doing? Tell us, guys, how's everything? Everything is pretty good. You may get how fucking a little bit. He does not have a phone. Unfortunately, this morning, his apartment actually was on fire. Oh, my God. 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 Thank God. Wow. Oh, my God, Carl, you're a firefighter on your off hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to carry her down the stairs. Well, two-thirds of the stairs would be carrying her because she didn't have any presence of mind to get out of the house. What she was doing was jumping up and down and blocking my way saying, Oh, Carl, put it out, put it out. Stairs, get water, run back up, and I did down to the fire. It's just
the house would be destroyed, my, my belongings would be gone, and she wouldn't be living. The Oh my goodness. Well, the owner of the house, so while he was uh, waiting for him to come over, the fire truck to arrive, she went back inside the house, sat down on the sofa, lit a cigarette, and found herself. Oh my God. <laughs> what the I'm hell? Sorry, that's too funny. Oh my God. Well, it's just a matter of time. So I'm clearly at the least to say, Mom. Sorry, my It really is, I can feel it. Oh, of course, you inhaled all that horrible smoke, and oh my God, that oh, yeah. good. Well, while you jumped in there, you carried the lady down the stairs. Like, wow, you should be an honorary fireman. That's pretty cool. Well, you know, it's just a, what was the alternative to let that house burn, lose my belongings? Uh, you know, that's true. Yeah, and so it, it wasn't something that my sister was telling me. You should have. You should have. You just reacted. What you going on? So that's amazing. told her. <laughs> No, it, it, was, it was actually a success story. It's a, you know, a fortunate thing, but oh. you know, a lot of blessings. Because I was just about to leave, and uh, I said, what is this smoke? But, you know, what is this? Oh, what? Smoke? Said, yeah. Oh, my and God. I had to bust in the bathroom, so I had to put my shoulder into it to creep on the third try. Wow. The air suction had just sealed that because the fire was inside, and she dumped out ashes in the waste basket. Oh. No, man. It's a blessing that you were there able to and able to help and, and solve the whole situation and literally rescue her. Yeah. Because yeah. you know she probably would be saying, hey, I might as well light a cigarette with the fire going on in the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's already got fire. I'm going, hey. No, I'm not hurting anything now. Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. That is crazy. Is she an elderly woman? She's 70, going on 95 or 50. Oh, yeah. She's 70. That'll do it. Oh, what a blessing. Thank God you're okay. Thank God she's okay. Thank God your house is okay. Yeah, she's a polyglot. She speaks several European languages. She's well-traveled. She can't open a box of cereal without carrying a cap. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like my kid. It sounds like she's going to be using your bathroom quite a bit now, Carl. I'm afraid that's exactly what's happening now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But um, thank God. That is a blessing. And I'm really, really glad that you're here. You made it and you're here today. Because you def- definitely you could have canceled on us if you're not okay. That We would have understood it completely, by the way. Yeah, I was wondering how this was going to go if I'd be able to come out tonight. Because I was sitting, I had to sit in my car for a half an hour just regaining my breath because. But then when you get enough of that material in your lungs and thorax, uh, I couldn't take any deep breaths, so I just had to wait for that to work its way out. Right. That's a horrible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did um, anybody need to go by ambulance to the hospital? Did she need no. to go? No? Okay, good. No. Yeah, I, I had to check. I was thinking of you know, you know, going up, but they wouldn't have admitted me. I would have had to test outside, so I cleared. Oh, thank goodness. I can feel it. It's just, you know, it was like that burning smoke going in, so I can yeah. feel so. Oh, wow. of course. I'm, 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 I can imagine just that tightness, too, in your lungs from all just inhaling all that garbage. Well, I'm delighted to be here. We're happy that you guys are both here today. You made it. You know, and, you know, if I ever start a fire, I hope you're with me. Yes. <laughs> so you, you, did you receive the materials I sent you by email? 
Yeah, I did receive them. I went through the old email, and then I sent it to the new email. But unfortunately, yeah, I know, it's a pain in the butt. But unfortunately, Blog Talk only allows me to post so much before the numbers go from 100 down to 30. They don't like a lot of information. They like short, sweet, straight up and to the point. Yeah, so for some reason, Blog Talk is becoming a little bit limited that way, though. It's really weird. But, guys, yeah, yeah. definitely. So I, I hear there's an EVP. I hear there's other new things. What have you guys been working on lately? What's right. been going on I in your have, life? Hold on. See if I can pull up this email <laughs> while you do that. Because Panorama Paranormal has been busy, I'm assuming. I know Dual Demonology has been busy. Yeah, I've seen you. Yes. So tell us. Uh, we're in the lecture circuit, yeah. trying to expand the horizons to get out there and share with people. Uh, that's our favorite thing to do. Right. How's that been going, though? With, with You guys have had a lot of events happening, right? Yes, upcoming this year. There's quite a few things going. Television spots. So a few of the work, too. Really good. That's awesome. Travel Channel? The Travel Channel. Most of it is on. We have a few things. Charm the pants off these goats. You guys can charm the pants off of Bigfoot. 
<laughs> I thought you wanted to do that. Well, eventually. <laughs> yeah, Michelle would volunteer to be bait. She would. I tell you. But I mean, yeah, I got a lot of questions to talk to you and ask you guys about because of all the new. Speaking of all the Bigfoot stuff, there's been a lot of like current Bigfoot phenomenon that's been happening all over the country. Oh, yeah, big time. Have you guys had any of that? Have you guys had any more, like, uh, experiences as far as Bigfoot? Any type of calls on that situation? I have not, except that we're hearing more about it, but not specifically, you know, calls for time. I yeah. really huh. want to get more around the island, but it's such a warm winter. No snow, no winter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I before, there was uh, a Bigfoot populace in Rhode Island, especially in Cumberland, and Woodstock region. And uh, I used to explore that, but uh, haven't done so in a while. I don't know if the British system surrender. It seemed to come in, actually, for some reason, it seemed to come in in the warmer weather. And uh, it would come in around April, March and April, and then be around this region until November, and then hike back up to Whitehall, New York, and the winter it came from. Oh. I, I actually traced the passage to taking a route through from Whitehall to New York down to Hampshire. I could have easily made its way into northern Rhode Island. Oh my God! So do you think it's the same it's one, or are many different ones? You know, considering you're dealing with something that's not confirmed, we don't even know if it really exists. Right. Patients about it. I'm convinced there was that presence up there. there was, it centered around two road nails in northern Rhode Island. Oh, okay. So yeah. not any real stories about a female Bigfoot, though, really. I haven't seen it. Well, I haven't seen one at all, but I've heard it. Uh-huh. I've seen evidence, and I've heard it. The living specimen, I've heard it. Oh, I didn't know it was female. I think it was male, actually, because it was stomping. Oh, okay. On the ground, and uh, Matt Moneymaker, who was the lead investigator with the DFRO, finding Bigfoot, he told me that that's what the males will do to assert themselves and, you know, chase other males, you know, especially human males, out of their territory. Huh, like it's certainly a dominant. I grew up in a country environment. I don't, I don't know what else they made that sound. It sounded like an elephant in the surface walking on hind legs. Oh, wow. Uh, and that was young guys uh, harassing it. They would have been doing grunting things, making all kinds of noise. This real thud, and it was approaching uh. our team. That was before I knew it was Our team was almost only too ready to leave there. Really? Just when it started well, getting good? No. Now, so what team was this? What team was that, Carl? That was with Beyond the Veil Paranormal and uh, Bigfoot Seekers. Okay. Big Rody Exploration, Big Rody Team. Oh, I wow. Some years back, I was involved in that. I think back to about eight, nine years ago. Dina Palazzini founded the uh, Beyond the Veil Paranormal and uh, Big Rody. Huh. I came up with the name Big Rody because it's, you know, the nickname for Rhode Island is the Ocean State, it's also called Lily Rody. So that's a play on that term. Oh, okay, okay. That oh, Rhodey, Rhode Island. I'm saying, why Rhodey? People say, how can something so huge, you know, exist and be concealed in the state of Rhode Island? It's so small. Well, he doesn't know he's in Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? It's very towards the coast. That's what draws it. Oh. And uh, from the time he crosses over to the boundary, boundary of Rhode Island, he is Big Rhodey and he stays Big Rhodey until he leaves. Right. So where do you where do you think like when you track him, where do you think he actually originates from? I think he comes from um, southeastern Canada region and comes down to the mountainous ridge there. 
in front of the Appalachians there, but it divides off a little as it comes, comes down through there, continues down, and then there's this area in New York State called the White Hall, in the vicinity of Albany, and it comes through there. Because I tracked the woodland, you know, the easiest access to uh, woodland with this uh, water surrounding, you know, or at least uh, hugging it. Uh-huh. Comes down through there, then he reaches Canada. There's a egress through Canada he could take down to the pine forest region. Right. And down eventually winds up in the state of Rhode Island and huh. comes into Cumberland and Woodstock. Wow. And actually, I had a trace out, and uh, it seemed to make sense the more I looked at it. Like, a uh, creature of that size, especially an intelligent bipedal creature, could make its way down there. Absolutely. They're yeah. almost supernatural, these things. I think they're physical creatures, but they have an element of the preternatural. They do think they should be able to. Yeah. It's just on, you know, small amphibians and you know, all wildlife. Do you think they're vegetarians partly too in their diet? Yeah, I think they're omnivores. They have to you know, subsist on whatever they find, and they probably go for long fasting periods. And then uh, at that time, it might be because of the food sources down here. Mm-hmm. Not so pretty like that to live on, but it's not juicy. Right, right. <laughs> so one night the team and I, Dina was not with us, but uh members were, and uh, we are out there until 1030 at night. We did the tree knocking. And oh, this yeah. is in a watershed area in Cumberland, and uh, we found a cage system there. Okay. So they, could, they could have used that for concealment. And all this evidence from a stream of uh, rogue, twisted, broken trees tied in the knot. Really? I can't bend them. I, I can't break it. Who would take the time to bend with these trees and spend hours and hours doing that? It made no sense. Somebody of greater strength than mine. Wow. Yeah, it takes so much time to yeah. do it. You then said, about tree, you said tree knocking. Yeah. Tree knocking what they do is one of the things yeah. they do for Bigfoot, which is what? But that's the system they use to communicate. Wow. So, like echo location. Exactly. And, uh, Sorry. So we were trying to call them before we put out some bait for it, which is never done. Should have put out a cheeseburger and some french fries, some Mickey D's. <laughs> oh, corn cobs and whatever we didn't want to eat. It's not a cheeseburger, we would have come for that. Huh. And so then we start hearing this. It, just, it became very silent. The cicadas and all the kids and the crickets stopped chirping. Right. It became eerily silent. I realized what it was. I don't hear any insects. Mm. And uh, then we start to hear this something. We thought it might be tree knots. Then it's, it's the soil oh. coming down this path. Now we braced ourselves. Kind of, I forced myself to take a picture. It was just flat. But mm. I'm standing there, and I just want to leave. Something about it's not like a demonic presence. Mm. Uh, it's just so physical. There's something so scary about Bigfoot. Maybe because of its human-like qualities. Mm. Right, it's that's true. Giant person, and it has a, a strange intelligence to it. So it started coming forward. We heard these footfalls. Like it was approaching and they're getting louder, and you can actually kind of feel the vibration there. Coming upon us, and we just forced ourselves to stay there for a while, but we didn't stay long. Oh, wow. We were frightened. I would have gotten all excited. Bigfoot, come here, baby. Come on, come to mama. Have you running down the path after them? If you had you and us, Michelle, maybe we would have had a major discovery. I would have been like, we are not leaving, guys. This is when the going gets good here. And when the going gets good, this is it. Up gets going. He might have taken you, though. That's fine with me. There's some interesting possibilities of hybridization. Now, what could that have led to? Maybe it'd be over his side. You'd have to communicate for us. I would send you guys a message one way or another, that's for sure. If I ever got kidnapped by Bigfoot, oh, man, that would be 
the Bigfoot phenomenons and the UFOs and everything. So I, I'll have to send you some of these videos so you guys can check them out. We, we actually had a show we did last week um, just kind of updating everybody on the current reports of Bigfoot, of right. UFOs and alien stuff and how the government's processing that, how the International Space Station, the, the portal opening in the universe. And so there was a lot of interesting things that have just kind of been popping up. But the, the weird part, the part that kind of gets me the most is um, things were pretty kind of quiet prior to the portal opening. And then the portal opened, and then it's like an overabundance of stuff. That's supported by the, the conversion phenomena. Yeah. Things seem to come in flat. You know, why was this flying? Why weren't there so many reports? Well, for the next decade, people are coming all the beautiful Tower Hill Road in Cumberland, Rhode Island. That's where the big was excited. And by three eyewitnesses. Wow. Spoken. Very convincing. One of them just she doesn't even want to be named. Ah, it must have been very fearful for them, absolutely, to be confronted with road is only seven feet wide. It's open to double traffic, but uh, it's not the mark. Mm-hmm. It's such a narrow road, and it's windy and hilly. UFOs, spirits, apparitions, and three-foot presence. All three. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly believe that it's literally where we're, it's like TikTok, so the clock is ticking that. It's literally going to become sooner. We're going to literally be verified and whether Bigfoot is actually real or not, because I, it's just been too much. Too much has just opened up, and too much has just started happening. Um, and the government's not telling us everything. Obviously, we know that they don't. The government does not tell us everything. But it doesn't. President Trump, President Trump, if you're listening, hello. Come on, you got all the alien stuff. Tell us the truth about the other stuff. Tell us all of the truth about the other stuff, you know? Um, there is a scattering of evidence, but when it's found suppressed or more often it's lost. Mm-hmm. Um, technology is helping and hurting because there is more technology around it. It's got a camera, it's got a phone. But yeah. it's that much easier to make your own video with your phone. I'm not. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing. It's, it's pretty exactly. amazing That's stuff, though. True. It really it's It's true, though. It's just the, the reports that we've been getting is just like amazing stuff. Last week I got a report. This is a kind of a funny one, but. Uh, a former um, scientist from the Area 51 was in Las Vegas. Oh, I remember yeah. that one. This is okay. a report that he was in Las Vegas, enjoying his retirement, okay, got pissed drunk, drunk as hell, and spilled his guts to everybody about the whole alien phenomenon, what he saw, what he went through, where it was at. I mean, the details <laughs> everywhere. Is this the guy you want to drink with? Yeah, right? Everything spilled. Everything spilled the beans on yep. everything he had gone through in his experience. Like he had just a crazy drunken weekend in in Las Vegas. He was like rambling. Oh, but there was a lot of convincing before, like from things that he was saying, things that were actually able to be confirmed afterwards after yeah. that. And they put that out there. That I mean, he kind of like like broke his cover because he spilled his beans about everything. Who he was what his job was there, what he did, what he saw, so everything. Spilled the beans on everything. Did he vanish from him? Did he No. So supposedly, I'm sure not in Vegas anymore, but... <laughs> but <laughs> that and the, then scientists have just come out saying that to, um, time travel is, a, is an actual thing. They're talking yeah. about holographic stuff is an actual thing, how they can do physical transference from one place to another, how this actual... The is starting to be supported by... Yes. 
they're saying it, it's been out there. It just got put out there literally within the last couple of weeks. Just insane stuff. Investigation 
we encountered somebody who contacted us, and uh, we become friends with them. Right? And we'll call him Joe just use that name. <laughs> and uh, he had a disturbance actually in his mind. It seemed like a certain psychosis. He was hearing voices. Oh. Yeah, you know, he's had some uh, ups and downs in his past. And he was hearing voices in his head. One voice, I should say. A masculine voice he told us it was. And the voice was derisive. He's telling me, swearing at him, using vulgarity, telling me he should kill himself. He did give up on everything. He had some physical trauma. He had an accident. He also had some mental trauma. He
crap, I heard that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm coming back to the pain uh-huh. in that cat's bottom. All right, hold on. Play that again. you got to play that again. Dog has water. Got to hear that. Got to hear that again. Wow. So the, the gentleman is talking, and then you hear a big sigh, and then you hear afterwards the whispers coming into it, and it's the voice. Is it working? Uh, you're going to hear somebody say, you have a message for me, then it'll get silent, then you'll hear the inhale, and then you'll hear the uh, message. Okay. Okay. Cool. Oh, my gosh. Cool. Here you go. Oh my God, I could hear that. Where are you? I hear that says, I'm going to get you or I'm going to kick your ass. It sounded like that. It sounded like that. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, oh my God. Yes, the different voice, the male voice is different. Yeah, it's not the same voice as the, as the person talking, asking questions. That's for sure. It's not. Yeah. It is again. Okay. What I heard is, I'm going to get you F and then you finish it off. Okay. I'm going to get you. I, I heard, okay, F you. Oh. <laughs> when I put the headphones on, and that's what I heard. Five seconds after Joe asked, you have a message for us. Huh. Wow, that's a great EVP, though, guys. That's, that's a great. I can hear better on that. And, oh. and he has learned since <laughs> with our coaching, but you know, on his own, he has learned to distance himself from his presence. It's like it has a childlike mentality. I advise him. It's tough to say. Well, it's easy to say, but tough to do. Don't take it seriously. It's like a child, it's like yeah. a younger brother. So we've learned to like not give it like total validation and control right. over his life like that. That's good. That's awesome. I said this only it's only strength is in persistence. That's right. It's gonna bug you like a child. Unless you take it seriously, unless you hear it. And that was going out. And you guys were able that's the, the beauty of you guys, you know, doing what you do because now you were able to literally comfort him and yeah. teach him how to deal with it and teach him how to separate and distance himself from that. And it's not taking complete one of his life anymore. So you did your job pretty darn good, guys. He's been friends with him in, in his life. And, you know, then he has this, as I was saying, validation. You're not crazy. You've got people who understand and are willing to listen. They may not figure it all out, but, you know, you've got people supporting you and listening to you. Yeah. Um, yes. That's amazing. He seems his residence followed him, so... Yeah, so it wasn't the... What was the place he was living in? Oh, really? Really? So he literally was hearing it at his other residence and thought that maybe it was haunted there and left in the, and actually followed him. So what do you make of it, though? Then what do you think it may be? I I personally think he, uh, his mind has created it. And I'm not saying it's imaginary. I think his mind produced it, and it's taken on a life of its own, and it's a, an energy detachment, and it has its own personality. And it may have brought something in from lower region uh, entity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stress of um, the problems that he had, it was just kind of berating himself. Um, like, he created the things from negative 
mind is telling you, no, you don't deserve to get ahead. You don't deserve to improve your life or raise yourself up. Oh, my God. I think his mind created this thing, but it's just not a life of its own. Wow, guys, that's yeah. awesome, though. Good job. That's great. Wow, that, so that was your very first one, Elise? Yeah, just, you know, clean residential going to somebody's house saying hello and you're going to have food. Wow. That's pretty cool, though. Oh, you've heard of that house they call the Conjuring House in Harrisville, Rhode Island? Yes, yes, yeah. Have you guys been back since the last time?
I got to set this up, though. And I was the first one in, and I, uh, I made some jokes to Carol. I sent him an ink right away. There's a scary feeling going up there. But the lady at the house, Carolyn Karen, who's prepared to move into Congress, uh, she greeted me at the door. And I said, I hope we're not late. I had to ask directions in the cemetery. I saw this lone figure there, so I thought I asked directions. And then he was gone, and, and she laughed at that. So we came in. And my brother, then, my twin brother, Keith Johnson, he, had, he was doing landscaping, so his hair was very light. He had his heart in the middle of Pat shoulder like hair, and he was wearing his white muslin shirt, <laughs> and he told him the Bible. So one of the daughters, Nancy, uh, one of the four daughters, mm-hmm. looked out the window, saw Keith there, and she said, Oh, Jesus is here! <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. our introduction to the parents' family. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So we came in, and the girl took Keith by the hand, and we were telling him the bond. And uh, I was... I just instantly established a rapport with Carolyn because I was a funny guy. I seemed to be know, know what I was doing. Right. When we conducted the interview process with Steve and I, and I think we had six people there from our team. And, uh, and as we were talking to the parent family, I heard shuffling around, moving upstairs where the girl's bedroom was located. Right. Guys, that something? They hear something The girl said, No, we hear that every day. We hear that. We keep moving around and said, Wow. Well, I went for the interview to resume, and I kind of backed off and made my way up the stairs. Yeah. I'm looking around, poking around up there, and then the kind of hallway that connects the room. Happened to see something black uh, or dark out of the black little vision on the right side. I turned, and it's, I, it's not even formed. A blackness rolled down this hall. The first thing I thought of was there was a fire in there. Right. That's uh, thick so black. So I saw right. solid thing and I reflectively closed my eyes and it just engulfed me. I was waiting to smell smoke, but then it was gone. Uh, so I went uh, back downstairs and I looked at my brother Keith and I'm like, mm, get rid of the stimulus. And I'm like, I got something. Yeah. <laughs> then I made my way down to the basement. I was the first one down base two. And they only had, at that time, they only had one single incandescent light bulb in front of there. Yeah. And, uh, but it was, you know, some light coming in from the stairwell, so I didn't play the flashlight. Uh-huh. And, so then the light went off. Often it's blackness, except the waves in the back, I can see what's there a little bit. I'm in the darkness. You can imagine an 18-year-old Carl in the dark. Oh, like, my God. And, uh, no, but I made my way back to the channel. I was like, well, I, I, but the bulb was working, so we don't know why it didn't blow. Just huh. like that were happening. And then uh, they're telling us all about what they've been experiencing there, which is just, uh, we devote we we the whole show to that. Mm. And um, we were up there in one of the girls' bedrooms, and the window that was stand open. Now, this was August, August 1973. We're involved in that case in August and September of 1973. And I tried to push this window down. It was like an icebox, even though the window was open. It was in August. Wow. I tried to push that down to the budget. Roger said, I can't do anything with it. Roger's parents. Uh, my brother recited a psalm, biblical psalm, and uh, eventually the name of Jesus. But right then, that window slammed shut. Oh. You hear flapping sound. Nancy, she had welts in the face. She was thinking that. Oh, wow. She knew something as well. Wow. And it is comparatively, it was relatively minor activity, but it was consistently happening about every day. Wow. People have a live with it. That's why uh, Andrea's part the other side, she wrote a series of books called uh, House of Darkness, House of Light. Yeah. They did a happy thing to so we made another visitation. Carolyn Perrin was calling me. I bonded with her. She was calling me, it could be eight, ten times a day. 
day. Wow, wow. That's how bad it was. was happening then. I wanted to hear it. Mm-hmm. And I remember my father was living with my parents. <clears throat> Father's on his uh, easy chair with his wristband. He said, Who is this woman who keeps calling you? Not exactly, Dad. <laughs> yeah, just the phone, the heavy little phone. And I remember Carolyn telling me that she had, she called me back. We had just been talking, and she told me back that she was an orange and blood seeped out of the orange. Some red substance. Wow. Wow. Uh, we went back there again, and when we went back for our second visitation, boy, had they changed. Carolyn had shrunk and she was noticeably thinner, looked older. She had scratches in her arm, and her husband, the first son, Ron, returned, so that wealth and scratches on his arm. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, what we decided to call in Ed and Lorraine Warren. We, when we were corresponding, I knew them. I agreed to become friends with the Warrens, the ghost hunting couple, mm-hmm. Lorraine. Uh, awesome. It's not that we thought we were in over our heads. We just thought, what a nice touch it would be to invite in Ed and Lorraine and, you know, have a professional touch. It was from their experience. Right. It was my brother who came up with that plan. And it was a good plan. Well, the um, director of our team, Donna, she placed the call to Ed and Lorraine. And I remember being on the phone with Ed Warren saying, I, I understand we're going to be working together. Like our oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Aww. Lauren showed up. And uh, I helped conduct them through the house. Carolyn gave them a tour. There's a photograph, which is often in the public. Now, Lorraine afterwards denied, Lorraine Warren denied that we were ever involved with that. You know, we're the only investigators in that house. Wow. Um, we know the truth. <laughs> and that, that picture, the 18 year old Colin next to Donna. Mm-hmm. You weren't there. But, yeah, and uh, Carolyn is uh, in front of us. So then we see hearing from Miss Carolyn Perrin. Oh. Even though I was her main contact, I didn't hear anything from her. In another three-week period. After three weeks, Carolyn did call me, and she apologized for not getting in touch. She told me that the Warrens had told them, to her husband Roger, that they had to be the sole paranormal investigators. So they couldn't do any good. They said, we were just a bunch of kids. We couldn't do any good. And so that's why the ones had to, I mean, the parents had to go to them. It turned out it was a, an unfavorable ending, a bad association this year. We had a bad party. Oh, wow, wow. Uh, not quite like it's represented in the movie. Right, right. What happened was Lorraine, it, it's a long and involved story, but Lorraine conducted a seance in their house. Lorraine was famous for saying, I'll quote her, you must never attempt to speak through the dead. Uh-huh. Oh, I knew her. <laughs> and yet she was going to stay on this lesson, right? So she set up a seance in the parents' house. It was, you know, to contact this liberal Bathsheba Sherman entity who was, you know, nothing of the sort historically. Uh-huh. And the mm-hmm. research was just here. done research on the house in the past. Uh, so they conducted the seance. Carolyn seemed to be taken. I wasn't there for it, but I have heard I was reported. Carolyn was taken over by some invading presence started speaking differently. And then her body was flung out of her chair with such force she went into the next room. Wow. And I know the layout of the house like I didn't lose that. Uh-huh. Um, Roger Perrin went to help his wife. Well, uh, Roger Perrin did. And Ed Warren stood in his way and blocked his way. He said, you must never touch the event. Really? Really? Don't tell Roger what to do. Yeah, that's his wife, so. He punched Ed. 
And uh, she bought you Perry punched egg. This is the first time I'm hearing that part. What? I think he lost that too. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. I mean, this was a tense moment. Yeah. And, uh, because we had another group for a couple of students from Rhode Island College and coming in, you know, defaming Pyro, and they wanted to have that case. That and what with the bad experience of the Warren turns out to run a lot of nothing to do with paranormal. So we lost out on that, but it was an interesting experience for a couple of months. Right. Wow. Well, the state of Huffington for the next in 40 years. 40 years later, that was the subject of a major motion picture titled The Conjuring. The Conjuring. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, interesting time. But now, most people, I think, they do know that that's not totally predicated on fact. Yeah, I mean, like they make movies with some something is based on truth, it's but based on truth, but not really. Yeah. But I mean, theatrically, the actors did a very good job. Theatrically, yes. Yes. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Maybe the sound Right. When I was it the same? Did you when the movie is it the same exact house that you guys are still in, or did they use another house for the movie? No, they did use another house. They actually built the set. For the uh, interiors, but it looks very much like the parents' house. That's why I thought nostalgic. The exterior is different. Yeah. Okay. Well acted. Patrick Wilson. We didn't hear about fitting all this. Yeah. We didn't hear. We didn't hear about fitting all this. Well, that was supposed to be. Oh, Annabelle. Yes. Annabelle. Annabelle, the raggedy Annabelle. Yes. And the Warrens keep her. Well, you know, they did keep her in a display case with a warning: do not wear any. Well, now yes, the son-in-law is taking it, her, taking Annabelle on the road to Vegas now. Yeah, Tony Stark has her around. He's in his whole residence. board house. And yet, they, in, in, in their first book, Ghost Written, or uh, the Warren's first book, The Demonologist, there's a picture of Ed Lorraine and Lorraine holding the Annabelle doll. Yeah, yeah. Now, personally, I wouldn't take it out of the display case and play with it just as a monster. Some people have run into trouble doing that. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, but if somebody tossed it to me and they're playing around, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't challenge it either because it has an association. Right. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that, you know, after Lorraine's casting, how that all started was now he's, they're having these dinner theater kind of events with Annabelle. I, it kind of freaked me out a little bit because I was like, I don't know about this whole taking Annabelle on the road and taking her out of the case and passing her around a dining room full of people and having all these random people touching her and um, I just kind of felt weird. Yeah, yeah. Like when I say I'm a demonologist, I tend to get all the seats in that seats in that room for movie theater. And I was interviewed uh, two weeks ago now and the interviewer asked me, Do you resent to the Warrens for you know, for intervening, taking your case? I said, Well they did use surf our our case and that was just valuable study for us, but I said, no, I have no emotion associated with it. Uh-huh. It's so long ago, this past uh, I do have some good memories of the Warrens, too. Mm. Uh, I'll give you a quote from that somebody told me. It was in the room at the time, and I have no reason to doubt it. Uh, one time, Ed Warren said to his associate was saying, it's the Warren, these people are crazy. He said, all the people in contact with are crazy. what? Get up and make it scary. Oh. Well, at that time, I don't think they had 100% knowledge of what they truly were dealing with completely. Yeah, I, would, I, would, you know, I would say these things like you know, 10 years ago. 
Oh, you're so jealous, you know, you're not the Lawrence. Oh. I don't mention the Lawrence. No, you're better than the Lawrence. You and your brother were like the dual, like, demonology team, yeah, like. Oh, yeah, you see Keith and I, or Lisa and I speak together, savage. I think it is. Yeah. And it was such a charm to hear Ed and Lorraine speak. If you ever had that experience, you can't now. That's accurately portrayed in the movie. Huh? You can see them lecturing at a college. Of course, that's not how they met Carol Perry. Right. But just to see them out there talking, they were funny together. They had a repertoire of the quad. They were yeah. Just, yeah, they were charming yeah. people. Kind of like you guys in partners. And their lecture was spooky. Of course, they did two lectures back in the 1980s and 90s. And, uh, one lecture actually started, they had this format back in the 1970s. They started it. One lecture was about ghosts and spirits, the other one was about demons and Satanism. Oh. That's which one they picked me for. Demons and Satanism, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, 20 minutes of that lecture they devoted to me. Wow. Uh, it was wow. publicity, but it was kind of like, I wish I had that, even when I was younger. I well, to be an experience that I had lived before we got off the conjuring subject. Um, we were, Elise and I were in that house uh, last July. We became, became acquainted and very good friends with the homeowners, Tori and Jen Clancy. And, uh, of course, there is kind of a presence. But people are experiencing the same phenomena that I and our team found there 46 and a half years ago. They're experiencing the same thing they didn't even know about. That black form, for instance. Wow, it's back. It's there. It never got exercised out of that house. And Jen's son, Tyler. Saw the black thing coming through the hall. And it's been filmed, even in that episode of Ghost Adventure. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? I was in the room where the seance was conducted. I happened to look in the mirror that just comes there. Mm -hmm. And this is so true. I'm not an impressionist person. That's more empirical. I have to keep asking this lady, although she's expanding her uh, horizon through meditation. Yeah. Uh (laughs) go rabbit trail. I looked in this mirror. So help me. I saw myself when I was 18 years of age. Wow, really? Under hair, more hair. The uh, house probably remembers you. I, I, I believe that. I think that the house remembers you. I'd forgotten I was rather handsome. You know? <laughs> I, I, I looked at myself, and I had time to blink uh-huh. and look down and up again, and I was looking at myself when I was 18 years of age. Wow. What a bummer it was when I went to the bathroom and saw that there. Like, I'm there. But I was able to contrast it. Oh, I've, I've never had such a good That's amazing. Now, were you and Keith demonologists at that time? We didn't call ourselves demonologists. I first started, well, I didn't all I adopted that term, but I accepted it. I was involved in several noted paranormal investigations, and I was in a newspaper article, or a magazine article about me. Uh-huh. And I was talked about on the David Stuff kind that he preceded uh, uh, Phil Donahue. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I was getting known for this. And I was in a magazine article that said, the demonologist, Carl Johnson. Oh, we're going to have to talk more about, about that. Yeah. The demonologist, Carl Johnson. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll buy that. Ah, sounds like a good title, right? <laughs> All right, hold that thought. We're getting ready to go to break right now. So, guys, grab your coffee, your drink, your snacks, and we'll be right back after this break, guys. Don't go anywhere. 
Carl yeah. Johnson and Elise Giammarco Carlson of Panorama Paranormal, plus some other adventures they got going on right now. So, guys, what's next for Panorama Paranormal? Where where does Panorama Paranormal go from here? Say that five times fast. I know, right? Say it. Say it. Say it. I dare you. Panorama. I might, might help if I unmuted them, though. Oh, shoot. All right. Yeah, I know. Unmute, so unmute. They can smile, but we'll unmute you. We well, should unmute you guys, right? Yes. Okay, we'll do that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the next direction of Panorama Paranormal? What's next for you guys? We do have several conferences coming up in this year, the Ocean State Paranormal Conference. We have Paracon coming up. We're going to have a Panorama uh, Paranormal table yeah. in our banner. Awesome. I, I, I bet the Terracon. Uh, our banner is kind of long. I don't know if you can. It, it was visible in our picture in the background. Yeah, I think that's the picture that I used for the backdrop for you guys. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing that again. And Mr. Lisa has been doing some uh, study of uh, mind expansion. Whatever it is. And some people get stuck there because it's so involved. 
down into that level, look around a little bit, go down further, come back up, whatever it is. So, like anything else, I can be about tennis all day long and know all the rules, but I'm not going to be a better player. Right. So, the only way you can learn how to do that thing is to learn how to meditate. Exactly. Oh, that has been my, you know, study up 20 minutes twice a day. Mm-hmm. It's learning how. And I do realize that at some point, I have a chance to do with this. I'm going to need a teacher, uh, you know, a real life teacher.
It was conversational. It wasn't big really verbal. Uh, yeah, it was conversational. Yeah. I, it, it, was, it was calling me things like dear and, and sweetheart, like mon petit, bon chien, mon soir, and like all these things. And I'm like, I, I just understood it all. And I don't speak French. I've never had one stitch of education in French. Yeah, she only speaks English, Portuguese, Spanish, and Mandarin Chinese. Yeah, but not French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not French. But not French. You know what? Those the one that came through, the language that came through. Yes. Well, there's some kind of vast reservoir of knowledge that, that is around us and surrounds us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes penetrates us. Like Joe. With his voice. Yes, yes. His voice is validated. It's there. But I, I honestly do believe, like, because um, the port, the portal is opening, a lot of people have been ascending, a lot of people have been getting downloads, and just a lot of new gifts are showing up for people. Yeah, they are. So I, I believe it's coming up for you, Elise. I really do. Yes, now's the time to do it. You know what I mean? And you're right. Put yourself out as a beacon out there, and they will come. Trust me, they'll come. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm quiet today, guys, and I'm sorry. It's just I'm, I'm definitely coming down with a cold. So it's best if I don't talk too much because then I might go on a coughing fit of sneeze. Yeah, she's a little bit mucusy, slummy today. You know what I mean? She's a bit mucusy. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. I don't know how to say mucusy. Is that how you say no. mucus in French? <laughs> it's got to sound like it, you can say. I only knew French toast, French fries, and croissant. That's all I knew. But it, it was a big, it was like, an, and I'm just, and I think part of it too, Lisa, is like we have like a fear that we have to cross yeah. where we can just let ourselves completely go into that area, that whole oblivion of it. Um, and it, it's scary at first. It is scary at first because you do have to kind of just trust to release yourself in that manner out to, out to what's happening. But once you cross that threshold and the more and more you do it, it does get more of a, of a comfortable space. It becomes more of a, you feel more in control of it. Um, and it, it just becomes more natural, I think. It does become more of a natural skill. What do you think, Stu, on that? I mean, do you want me to think for the break? Yeah, I know she can't think right now. <laughs> No, it, it does. It, it's just the, the more that you practice it, the more you're going to get comfortable with it. And then you're going to find out that, and here I go, sick and all. And then you're going to find out that other information is going to start coming to you. It's not going to just be when you're in a meditative state. You're going to start uh, actually physically seeing the scenes. Um, they're going to connect you with the past first, depending on the energy, because you're more historical. So it's going to be easier for you to connect that way. So and when that's you when understand. they're going to you. They're going to show you what's going to be happening. And these are things that will be coming towards you and you will be developing. And then they're going to work you into, like, the empathic side. So your emotions are going to get a little bit thrown off yeah. at first, getting confused about why you're feeling this way and it's not you. It's not so funding a baby impact. are actually going to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> when, you're, when you start developing, like, like yeah. it's, it's, it's crossing that fear. You got to Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 right. It's going to be amazing because yeah. a lot of the things that you're going to see and you're going to speak about, um, you'll be able to trace it down easier in history because you do the history as well. Yeah. yeah. So literally, if you're speaking I think I about it. Yeah. I was uh, looking for some information on a woman. Uh, she was married to a criminal. And I'm never, you know, they get divorced the next year or whatever. I just never knew whatever happened to her. So I looked up her family. I looked up her. And she didn't see whatever happened to her. She, 
race in the face of the earth, you know? Wow. So, um, for inspiration, I looked up her family. I found out when they were buried not too far from here. You know what? I'm going to go, I don't know, I'll go visit her parents' grave or something to get some inspiration. I'm mm-hmm. really not knowing what I'm looking for. Right. So, well, she's on the tombstone. It's her married name. Nobody had ever recorded it. It wasn't in Find the Grave and it wasn't in wow. the Town Matthew. Wow. She had passed away later. You know, she used to be an older adult. She had a married name. And she was on that tombstone. Wow. I, I was in the Lucy's company that day, marginally assisting her, you know, mm-hmm. carry stuff. Wow. And I'm saying, I'm thinking, how do you do that? It's almost, if I didn't know her better, I'd say she planned that. I walked right to the grave. She probably, how are we going to find her? You walk right to it. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering, yeah. to me, that's something, I mean, is it coincidence or is this girl really psychic? So she really creeped you out, Carl. Yeah, it's words. just it's, well, it's it's that energy. I can't do that stuff. Yeah, one of the two people did find it a lot easier. You know? That's amazing, though. So your intuition is kicking in hardcore. She may or may not remember. She did that twice in that day. Yeah. Yeah. successive cemetery she was exploring with the same research, researching the same family. She did it in two cemeteries. She just happened to drive there and park uh, her there, and there it is. It was, you developed some sort of connection. You, you, yeah, yeah, she had yeah, definitely with the in past. That research of this family, maybe maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe she opened up some cards with Eddie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Continuum. Yeah. And brother there. Absolutely. You know, she she was in the space-time continuum. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we all go there. Yeah, <laughs> but honestly, now is the time to do, honey. So as yeah. much as you can do about working on those kind of skills and your divination and your intuition, gut instincts, all that, now is definitely the time for it. But be prepared because when they when things start happening, they start happening. So it's kind of like being in the conjuring house, whether you're in the conjuring house or not. Things are gonna to happen to you everywhere. Right. 
Yeah. It starts training you because a lot of a lot of tarot is not so much oh it's a pentacle or it's a wand. No, it's more of a channeling thing. You channel the deck. Yeah. Neither one of us actually read a deck. Yeah. I might read the runes, but I channel everything. Yeah. It's just what I've always it's done. True. Gives you a spatial concept. Where right. Connect with that other reality. Mm-hmm. So it's yes. good. It's a good practice when you are trying to open up things to kind of use these types of tools. Or you can always try crystals as well because too, yeah. yeah, the energy of the crystal might give you the extra added boost that you're looking for, mm-hmm. especially when you don't mm-hmm. have the ability to be centered. The then I have a crystal wand and the crystals on the edge anyway. Oh, awesome! We have you a new one too. We too. We have a new one right now, too, that actually gets made for us. And carved. Yep. Handmade in Indonesia for us, specific only to yeah, the network. Yeah, they on so nobody can see oh, it. Hold on. What stones are on now? Of course, we can see the crystal. You can pull that rose crystal. And what, what is on the end? Of the this one tree? is amethyst. This is quartz. Ah. Uh, this is, uh, let's see. Then we have the red one is... That is, that's, that's red jasper, tiger's eye, uh, green adventuring, um, that, that's a purple, that's amethyst. Yeah, that's an amethyst, uh, turquoise, and obsidian. obsidian, and I think a howlite, or a smoke, a milk yeah. pork. Yeah, on the side, it's got stuff, like, it looks like yeah. little sodium-like crystals, and more, it's, Yes, yeah, tiger crystals. Yeah, small here, small here. Mm-hmm. We have them hand carved from India. Yeah, they're doing that. They're charging it. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. So we and so we actually have we're doing pre-orders actually now. Yeah. So he's making them handmade specifically. Yeah, he takes us. two weeks to make them. Mm-hmm. So that so, you should try crystals, literally, and, and taking crystals with you on these things. She just naturally collects white quartz. I just find it, I think that I want it. I, anytime I go for a hike, I, I just find the whitest piece of quartz I can find on the ground and dig it home with me. Now I've got this nice little, almost like an altar, it's not really an altar, but it's this little handmade bowl that I bought from the girl. Yeah. Around um, it, a couple of candles, so it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. More crystals over Yeah, we, literally, we, the, the more the merrier. Yeah, we stuff our bras with crystals, our pockets with crystals. <laughs> like, crystals for everything. And um, it, it does help, like, especially energy. Energy is a big thing, too. Like, when you're on a paranormal investigation, you know about them sucking all the batteries, right? Right. Well, you, they suck your own personal battery, too. Um, so having crystals help keep your energy up and keep your energy flowing the right way. So yeah, you're not exactly. feeling so dead and drained after after an investigation yeah. and things like that. And then and the crystals that help channel. Whatever you have. We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> what? We stuff crystals in every crevice. Yeah, my grandmother used to call it her wallet. Yes. I'd like to see someone go in my wallet, she said. <laughs> she was an Irish woman to boot. Even with her walker, she would have shoved it up your caboose. Oh, yeah. And yeah. no. But, I mean, there are crystals that help with channeling. There are crystals that help with so many different yeah. things. So it's worth a try because crystals can help open you up, too. You know? Yeah, literally. Even, you know, it's just go to a store and find out. Like, there's crystals that actually amplify, like, say, a banded calcite. That, that's a banded calcite. Now, a banded calcite will amplify every other crystal around you. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's like you have a crystal, but it's just not enough. Mm-hmm. So a banded calcite is something good to have with you to help 
amplify the extra energy you need, or maybe you need this, maybe you need that. So it's, it's, it's a whole bunch of different things, but literally the best way to do it, real quick, and then we'll go back to them. I'm sorry before I start having a coffee fit. I, I'm going to have a coffee fit, and I, I have to share information to help people. So what it is is you want, if you're right-handed, you want to hold the crystal in your left hand. I'm just going to pick up yeah. anyone. Not the bottom hand. Right. Not the hand you use because that's your energy going out. Energy coming in is the hand you don't use that much. Mm-hmm. So I'm right-handed, so I will hold every crystal in my left hand to see if it's mm-hmm. meant for me. Mm-hmm. So, and if it makes me feel good or clouds parting or if I feel information is being clarified, then you know that particular crystal is meant for you. Yeah, yeah. So, and people can give you as much information as you want, but the only one that's knows, going to know is you, what is meant to you is you. Mm-hmm. So, so believe it or not, feelings. You got her crystal in Salem. Oh, yeah, but and there, even love Salem. Things, with your meditating, chakra wands like this. Yeah. 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 Yep. And so these don't open you up to quite a bit. They do. Yeah, and even certain shapes, like uh, channeling crystals. Like this, or our heart shape, if that's that's what you're connected to. Then there's pyramids, which I think are out there. So oh, it's yeah. different shapes and sizes and style and geos to help absorb. Literally, we're like a crystal buffet over here. Yeah. So it's a little chakra yeah. that you can help. It helps with your meditation. It helps open everything up too. Yeah, yeah, and it's a paranormal investigation. That's what I'm making right now, actually. A selenite wand is very important, too, if you're doing crystal work with the paranormal investigating. Plus, it does help open up your chakras, too, with this. And it's copper wrapped around it because copper is a conductor. Same right, thing because the, the selenite is for the aura. And uh, the crystals here are all the chakra crystals. And because it's wrapped in copper, because it'll conduct it, and it'll help combine them to yeah. keep you safe. So it keeps your energy We should have probably let them talk. I know, right? If I get going... I'm finding this interesting. Yeah, if I get going on crystals and crystal energy... Like, right now, I'm in the process of making a, a wrap for literally. Chakra so bracelet. I am making that right now, chakra bracelets, and then I have the geodes that I, I wrap the geodes, too. So geodes it's, power it's, it's what I do, too. because I want it a cam that was more of an amplifier, and the geo will help keep people clean. Mm-hmm. So I, I we managed to get 15 of those. So, so like, yeah. your own little, like, kit for when you go do investigations should include the crystals and all those other different things. Oh, yeah. That will help open you up and also makes you more of a beacon. And that's what you want. It's like you say, you want them to come yeah, to you. Yeah, and sometimes it's not about you. Sometimes it's about the the spirits, at least from, from my experience, what they do is they try to utilize your energy. Mm-hmm. So I will bring the crystal so I'm not drained. Yes. Yeah. So and that's the other reason why we sell them there out there too. So we like have like bags bags of mini crystals because sometimes you just need that extra energy yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Well, this yeah. Oh great though. That, that's great though. Yeah. You know, so opening that up and even like Having crystals with you at that time. Think about it. We don't have cell phones without crystals. Crystallized stuff is in medication. Mm-hmm. Crystals are what makes watches work. Crystals are what makes technology work in general because of the energy. So it works. It works. So it might be something that you might want to add to your, your adventures about opening up because it will, and it will help keep you safer and protect your yeah. energy more, and you won't get too sick and drained and, and all that afterwards. Strawberry quartz. Yeah. Strawberry <laughs> quartz. Yes, it's really not very good in this camera. I use my other camera when I do a show, 
Dalmatian, Jasper. Yeah. I mean, you name it, we got it. Uh, but we keep certain things out yeah. we sell and then we rotate and put the others out there. Yeah. So and then I have a thing for pink tourmaline. Yeah. I really like yeah. having my pink tourmaline with me and then this is honey calcite. Which is a good channel. It's a calcite and an amber actually mixed together because amber melts a lot of times it's too soft yeah. because it's a resin. So a honey calcite you can hold without it going yeah. <laughs> So you ain't gonna worry about that. Yeah. So I like the honey calcite. Yeah. Honey gives you the same thing. So working like oh. a and even though like you say pendulums don't work all the time for you, but right. trying them when you go to different places because mm -hmm. it, it, you may find that it'll tap into the energies at certain points. And, and it also could be the crystal of the pendulum as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can do this so I think one really is got amethyst on. with sodialite and wraps. And then I have another one that I utilize at, from time to time, which is the black one, but then I also have a white one just like that. Yeah. So I always have one in every pen. purse. There's a pendulum in every purse. There's yeah. a crystal in every purse. Yeah. I have tarot deck cards of the yin gang. They're everywhere all the yeah. time. And then, yeah. yeah, with me, when I'm channeling so I don't get drained, I have the ruby and zoocyte, and then the um, lapidolite. The lapidolite is is what I use. The two hearts. Yeah. yeah and this is what I'm holding. If you find somebody broken down on the road, you can pull over. Oh, thank you for stopping. Listen, I can't help you tired, but you know, if you really feel that. Oh no! I we would. will absorb your negativity. Yes. Actually, we would. Yes. Uh, while you're waiting for triple A, you know, you'll be stuck. Fuck. We'll keep the We'll go on. I, you know, we can do this. I actually, yeah. you know, I can do this. We'll I'm going to go on the therapist. You waiting. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll I'll Reiki. I'm a Reiki master teacher. I have a doctorate in holistic psychology. <laughs> you know, I went to school for the for the crystal energy. Yes. And I'm also a reverend, believe it or I not. I can't change the tire, but I can help align your shot. I can change the tire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can change well, the tire. Kind of, well. kind of, I, can't, I can't change the tire, but I can help align your shot. Susan seems to be feeling a little better. I hope so. I'm getting there. She's That's so good. It, it comes and goes. She has allergies too. She gets the sign. I'm allergic to dust. Yeah. I have some evidence if we have time to share some. Yes, we do. So, it's only um, 7.31. Now, shifting from all this positivity into something called a little more cadetical. Ooh. The demonic realm. Ooh, I like it. Nice. Yes, because I, you know, I, I am a paranormal investigator, specialized demonologist. I mean, I addressed some of the more malevolent in these cases with supernatural reasons that are brought to my attention. Even now, just really, as you know, my colleague James Benito would support the other half of the field of demonology. Right, right. Someone who studies the cultural traditions and lore of wicked spirits. Ah. And he applies to demonologists, and I would go out to the field and addressing these situations. Now, one, and my brother Keith is also. Uh, a demonologist, and he was performing an expulsion uh, of a negative presence in the home. It was actually our colleague, Kristen Gartland. Nobody ever calls me for anything fun. Okay. I bring in on this, something like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least wasn't there either. Yeah. And, uh, well, what we will do, our formula is to command the invading spirit to depart and give us a sign of its departure. And that's what my brother was doing. He's, uh, this is in Reading, Massachusetts, uh, nine years ago. 
and and leave and uh, and the, the audio recording isn't the best quality, but it was just fuzzy. We are very sorry. Uh, but you can hear my brother praying in Latin. He's saying that the peace of God descends upon the earth mm-hmm. is what he's saying in Latin. Mm-hmm. Then you will hear a growl morphs into a, a wail. There's oh. a man's voice and it growls and then it turns into a wail oh. as the spirit is being passed away. So Ooh. Are that? Ooh, yes, yes, yes. You don't worry, Yeah, oh, let's see if we got to queue it up. Just don't press the story back. Also, I sent you a picture of my brother Keith. I don't know if you can pull that up. It may or may not be able to. I sent it in an email mm-hmm. to show what the guy looks like. So this is during this this specific EVP that's just brought to you during this one? Yeah, since we have been speaking. Uh, Alicia's going to send it on that now. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. Sue's working on her end here getting that picture up too. So that's pretty yeah, exciting. So this was about nine years ago, you say? Yeah, nine about ten years ago this year. Wow, that's amazing. So in Massachusetts, boy, that's where it's at when it comes to haunting. Uh, crazily it is. A lot of haunting, especially the more malevolent kind. I don't know why Massachusetts with its long history, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. So what are we? What else are we going to hear on this? We're going to hear him speaking loud. We're going to hear my brother praying in English first, and then he's saying Kinyeto, Sakate, and Monday is uh, invoking the holy name of Jesus, and he's doing so in Latin. Latin is an effective language when combating the demonic realm because it's an ancient language. It's a dead language. The demons seem to know it. Ah. And they will retreat from it. So we're just trying to find that. We should send here on it. Now, do you do you on a regular basis still do like practice your Latin, Carl? Huh, not recently. I learned some Latin, and I, I it's like my Spanish. I live off of what I learned years ago and haven't learned more. Uh huh. Yeah. Can you read? Can you read the Latin though proficiency better than? Speaking? Well, somewhat. Yeah, I can. I can kind of hold my own with it. I can read it. Enunciating it is a little more challenging for me at this point. You know, uh, you know, I like you know, the new stage, and the the round stage. I I actually have the picture of a photo. Uh, I have the photo picture on my phone, okay. um, and you unfortunately, I. Do you have that picture of Keith you can show? That's what she's trying. To yeah, I'm up. trying to figure. I'm going to send it to you, and you're <laughs> going to have to. Okay. Because my phone well, won't go any farther. Yeah. Sending that to me, then I'll be able to do that. I'm going to send it to ATU. Wow, that's awesome. All right. I got that photo. All right, so we're getting that. And then we can post it up on the page, but Michelle's probably going to have to hold her phone up right now. Hold on, I'll see if we can get it up on this one. Okay. Yeah. Send that to me. Okay, coming, coming, coming. That was very faint. We just played. I don't know if you were able to hear that at all. I was listening to Michelle talk. Oh, yeah. Try that again. I'm sorry. That's okay because we're, doing, we're turning up the volume for you now. Okay. Okay, she's got, and you'll hear, you had it very subtle with this recording. Okay. 
Then it fades up, and you can hear it ducked out with a deep growl, and then it turns into a human voice wailing. Wow. To play it again. Okay. There's only so much we can augment it. Grab his camera, his expensive camera, and 
I was investigating this house. I had recorded the voice. And uh, he saw the man sitting at the top of the stairs, the male, whatever it was. Uh-huh. And he took a picture not knowing if anything would come out in it, and he left. I don't think he ever had to lock his door on the way out. And wow. there's, there's what he got that how his picture came out. Wow. It's translucent, so with the eyes, there's just a malice in that face. Absolutely. Now, do you believe that it was finally exercised out of that house? I don't know because I don't. I haven't talked to the you know, present homeowners. I think it's centered around their family or the house. Oh, it's really weird because over in um, over in this area, it's almost like you see an ear. Yeah, it's almost like you see an ear. ear. You can meet the details yeah. of the mouth yep. and the eyes. You see the mouth, see the teeth, see the, the teeth lips. Yeah, you can see that. It's just I can see the nose. Joker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wicked. It's obviously not a human being. Yeah, no. No, that's pretty that's cool. Marvin, but not a human being. We were, one recording we got, we tried to extract. I don't have the recording with me. It was somebody else that's leading the investigation. And, uh, well, I'll, I'll give her name. Her name is the homeowner, uh, the, the wife. Her name is Tina. Mm-hmm. And they're no longer living there. Wow. And, uh, we did an overnight investigation, and Dawn was the uh, head of the team, and I was called in to be a demonologist. And I said, by asking the you know children in the couple around the house tonight, asking to Mrs. Tina, we're in the following. Oh. And, um, she said, "Do you like Tina? Do you want Tina home?" So I'm listening to almost 90 minutes of audio recording. I probably won't get anything. And then you hear Dawn say, "This is responsive." Dawn says, "Do you like Tina? Do you want Tina home?" Then you hear the sibilant voice. Oh, here's the volume. What is and it said imagine it's playing this for the homeowners. Right. It says, Oh yeah, I'd like to boil Tina. Oh, oh my god. Oh. Oh, you could have been there to see that being paranormal yourself. To see Tina safely plays it for her. Oh wow. She was, but she was also excited about it because now we you know other people know we're not crazy. <laughs> there was a male and a female spirit there and uh, they would be wow. recorded sometimes. Seen, I actually saw it. Wow. I saw it at the corner of the aisle of uh, the corridor, and uh, I just happened to look over. We were seated at the long kitchen table. After it was over, and there is this man staring at me. Wow. Uh, it was just a floating head, so I thought it was so solid looking. It looked like a man in a black turtleneck. Wow. Staring at me, though, looking at me very intently. And instant later, it was gone. It didn't fade away, it was just suddenly gone. Wow. Uh, human looking ghost. And that that was the man. And uh Laura <laughs> was a member of our team and she kept exotic birds. Uh Tina had two lovebirds, you remember the home two, two yeah. lovebirds, and she was not keeping them well. Cage was very so Laura was cleaning the cage for her and uh I remember Laura saying, How you doing, baby? It looks like he's puffing into their colorful and his lovebirds. And I played back the clip. We were always recording there. Right. I played back the audio recording. And hear Laura say, how you doing, baby? And a woman's voice is dying. You hear it at the time, but in the recording. In prison, in the recording. Wow. Oh, my God. That's one two weeks, both of those birds died. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, the poor birds. 
Yeah. Uh, how, and yet that was never resolved. I never knew how it started. They had a strange history. Uh, the lady of the house, she's from, she and her sister came from the Azores, Portugal Island. Uh-huh. And uh, they had in their possession ten Ouija boards. Oh. Three of them they burned, seven of them were lost. So they were always experimenting. And then he came from a culture where he just believed it. Now, I bet you it definitely wasn't they the milk Romeo and Juliet story 
My mother's side was the white witch. My grandmother's side on my father's side is the bad side, the bad witch. So I come from light and dark. So both sides of witchcraft from the island. Yeah, so I, Michelle's bihexual. Yeah, I'm totally bihexual. Bisexual, are you? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I I've experienced quite a few crazy things, and um, I was sent. I went back to live in Portugal when I was 12, so I lived there for a number of years before I came back to this country. But as I was there, that's what I was learning was more and more and more about it. Because there was only so much my grandmother could teach me here, so we went back there. I went back there with my grandmother, who was the last village witch from that village where my mother is from. My grandmother was the dark witch from my father's village. She was already here in this country at the time. But I went there, and I trust me, I learned some crazy, crazy things and learned how to do a lot of stuff. I learned how to work with my ancestors, both sides. I learned blood magic. I learned you name it. Curses, the whole the whole nine yards. So I told you she was bihexual. Yeah, totally bihexual, guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of the closet, out of the broom closet. I'm bihexual, guys. <laughs> I'll hex you white or dark. <laughs> Your choice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We got nine minutes left. Recently? This release and I have uh, a spirit board as as an experiment because they don't they don't intimidate me, they don't speak me. Yeah. We've got some we got some interesting results, did we not? In the house adjacent on this property adjacent to this we are in our studio here is the Johnson Historical Society headquarters. Yeah. Oh. And next door is the eighteen twenty five Elijah Angel House. Oh along the uh, patriarchs in the town of Johnson, Rhode Island. Uh, fascinating history to that house is the granite harbor. And uh, we were in there, we uh, boarded in there, smuggled it in. <laughs> we got some, well, one thing we got was, I think it was reading uh, the numbers from your driver's license. Yeah, I got a bunch of numbers. Isn't that amazing, though? They sounded familiar. Not to me, but they sounded, I said, but it's got a pattern. It's repeating these numbers. Yeah. And if they're not me, she said, oh my. <laughs> So the spirit was IDing you. It wanted to see your ID. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm going to hear the story of that house. But this is awesome. The former president and wife lived there for a while. It's a two-family two house. It's unusual for 1825. Oh. And, uh, but they have a small apartment upstairs, and they're saying, she always used to tell me this story. What's what you mean, Grady? But you're so ashamed for this. One day, I had my eyes closed, and I heard you talk to Sam. I said, hi, Louie. You know, Nancy, because I opened my eyes, I just felt him sit on the bed. I opened my eyes. I said hello. He said, I opened my eyes. It wasn't me. It was a man in his house. I said, what did you do? He said, I closed my eyes and I told him, you live down the I live up here. Go back down. He <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't go in that house by herself. So oh. he show it the downstairs when he was eating. He would never put me in there alone. I was sitting up stuff. Oh. oh, I tell the story once in a while during tours just because it was kind of yeah. And then we were stuck, and the husband's like, no, no, I never Um, Just not
Oh, I remember that, yeah. That's and amazing. You tell the story and I, I was in the house at the time. You know, we were uh, showing the house and as a member of the Johnson Historical Society. And I said, somebody please get a leak over here. There's something she'll want to hear. Uh-huh. Same entity. She saw it. How rare is that? And but it happened. He did a talk, like I said, a few weeks ago about the new decimal system that another man by Tom's library. And there was a woman who said, oh, I, I'm not, I think I just mentioned that. I was with the Johnson Historical Society. And she said, oh, that's something fun. She said, my mom used to care for a woman who lived there. And I don't have a freaking feeling that I have a this one. Oh, I'm trying to think so. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Could very well be, you know. Could very well be. It's, it's you know, it, being with, I tell you, even to this day, my aunts who know very well what I do, and, and they they know I do cards and everything, and I still will get an outlook of Michelle. Can you come do my cards? Like, but nobody knows. Come on the lunchtime and everybody's at work, <laughs> so nobody comes and knows and sees. They still, they expect it to be on the download. They expect it yeah. to be hidden yeah. still, yeah. you know. And this is my own family, which I've come, you know, I'll do a reading with any hospital people. It doesn't matter. But it still has to be very, like, for them, they still expect it to be very secretive and very, like, dark and, and occulty. And they, like, it, it's, it's still, to this day, it still has that original stigma. But they grew up with that kind of thing. Yeah. They grew up with that kind of thing, you know? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we got about four minutes left to the show. So four minutes? <laughs> if you guys would like to give your information about Please. how people can get a hold of you, that would be great. Tell us all of it. Do with terminology, paranormal, paranormal, you name it, everything. You both well, you guys. Linked up. Okay. We're going to Rochester, New York. I'm going there with my friend and colleague, James Benito, and we are going to, uh, we are the, the personalities there. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be answering, we have definite topics, and we're going to lecture from one topic to another to another. Uh-huh. And uh, we are going, as, yeah, at least cannot be with us, but we're going as Joe Damonology. One topic will be the uh, origins and reality of demons. Awesome. And then we can segue into uh, next one will be shadow persons. You've heard of the shadow person phenomenon. Yeah. Yep. If you want to get in touch with them, their email is duo demonology. Demonology is The old King James version. You want to spell it? D A E M O N O L O G I T at gmail.com. Oh, nice. You, you did. You did that very clear. Yeah, there's always the ubiquitous Facebook to fall back on. Yeah, for both of us, it's Panorama Paranormal. Again, so this is at cops.com. Michelle, I don't do that part anymore. She yep. does. I just 
do all the tech work and the crystal stuff. So <laughs> she does the booking now. Well, That's her job. Yeah, you're a terrific team. We do. We work. We have like you guys. We are partners in crime. Yeah, yep. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, of course, are welcome to come back to Slater Mill and to talk at Rhode Island. As soon as we can, that's a definite. We're gonna go, and we're gonna go find some Bigfoot. Yeah, I still. I said that little boy. Yeah, but that little boy is Slater Mill still. On March, Friday the thirteenth is going to be paranormal investigation started. Yeah. Oh, we've been to a couple of those Friday the 13th investigations. Those are awesome. That's the one we went to. We yeah, I'm always in bed. There's no recorders in your cameras. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. But it's, it's always a lot of fun. We're gonna, as soon as we can get up there, we're definitely going to get up there. And nothing so stays. It's all legitimate. If you don't know if anything's going to happen, what's going to happen? Something always does. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one ended up being fun. Every time we've been there, there's always been fun things going on all the time. All the time. Oh. And always different. Always different. Yeah. Too. That's one thing. Well, with me, it's that one little boy that keeps talking to me. Oh, but all right. Yeah, that little boy, he keeps trying to tell me something, but it's still, it's still later. Monster to all right. Day, yeah, judge me now, guys. Like, I want to go back and say, okay, what did you need? Yeah. All right, we yeah. got 90 seconds left. Oh my God. Uh, we're going to see you guys on, excuse me. I'll be sending you guys. We're going to see you guys stuff. on Sunday. Yes. And I'm definitely going to go have some soup. all over the place. Now my voice is cracking now. Sorry, guys. I'm allergic to dust. What are you going to do? I'm dusty, all right? Yeah. All right. So we will see you here again. I want to thank uh, Kyle and Alona. Elise. Sorry. Kyle and Elise. Sorry. I don't have a brain today. It's all fogged out with dust. Panorama Paranormal. Yeah. And Paranormal Paranormal. What she said. And all kinds of fun things. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. I'll be in touch with you guys, though, we're doing this again next month. (coughs) Mystery Guest Wednesday. Let's look at the third week. Thanks for tuning in to Awakening the Unknown with Susan Swanbeck and Michelle Sullivan here on the ATU Network. For more information on upcoming shows and appearances, be sure to follow us on Facebook and on the web at awakeningtheunknown.wixsite.com. Voice over work done by Cody Ray Despian. Awesome. All right, I had to end that because we're not on the other thing anymore. So. Are they-